before I came here, I was an epitome of an orphan spirit, and I didn't even know it. So, um, but to fully understand what I've really come through and all my revelations, you need to know a little bit more about me. So, um, ever since I can remember, my parents have been divorced, which isn't that strange in America, right? So, um, but I thought it was completely normal, me switching houses um, every week after church, my brother and I. We would spend one week with my mom and then one week with my dad. And, um, but when I became old enough, I was glad that I got to see both parents, and that was really important. But um, the house switching caused my parents to be figures rather than actual parents. And so my brother and I were left to raise each other. So we were the only thing constant in each other's life, and we couldn't, it, was, it would be terrible if we separated. So um, then in hopes of providing a stable family life, both my parents wanted to marry. But um, my mom remarried three times, and my dad remarried once. So um, each of my father's uh, left a lasting impression, even though I couldn't remember the first one. I was so young. But that's a different story. Um, so my mom and I didn't have the ideal relationship. We were so um, similar that we always fought, just the little things. And um, when I, But when I realized that she couldn't financially handle both my brother and I, I decided to leave her and to live with my dad. So I was leaving not just her, but also my brother, the one thing that I had in my life that was stable. So that was really tough. But... Um, when she realized that I was leaving, she put us through family counseling and, you know, try to make things better. And it didn't work. So um, nine months after living with my dad, we decided to go to a trip to New York. And um, But one morning, we got a call from my grandmother just out of the blue. Like, this is strange. But um, she called to say that my mom had died that morning out of the blue. We didn't know anything was going to happen, you know? Just, just a random day, you know? But it was apparently a freak skiing accident. You know, she got a clogged artery in her leg and moved it up to her chest and died instantaneously. So we, my brother and I missed the last moments of our mom's life. I was, I was a wreck, and my brother was even worse because he was still switching houses every weekend. And um, so I was really hard on myself about not being there for nine more months. I couldn't have lasted nine more months. So um, then I was trying to, you know, get through life. You know, it's, nobody really knew, but, um, sorry. sorry. So I struggled heavily with depression, but it wasn't for the normal reasons. It wasn't because I was sad about it. It was so... I could go to, I wanted to die so I could go to heaven and see my mom and tell her how sorry I was. So, and, um, yeah, and then to add salt to the wound, I couldn't go to her funeral. It was held in Texas on our family plot, and I'm in Georgia, and during our, fi our midterm final week, final exam week, and I was a senior, so I had to go, and I couldn't miss it. So everyone says freshman year is the hardest. I couldn't agree more. So um, with each step of life I went through, I thought of my mom. You know, my dad and my stepmom were there, but they weren't really spiritually or really even physically there, present, ever. And um, so I missed my mom's enthusiasm, and I thought how things would be different of, you know, prom, graduation, getting my first boyfriend, you know, how it would have 
just been different. And um, instead of just being a part of my life, they would have been celebrations. But um, Korea was a shock when I came here. And I can see God's hand through it all. Because as I was turning my application in, Korea wasn't even on my list. I didn't, you know, have, I didn't have any desire to go to Korea. <laughs> but as I was turning my paper in, you know, with all of the schools that I wanted to go to, I asked for my paper back after I'd already turned it in, erased my number one choice of Sweden, and put Korea at last. For no reason. Had no idea. Spare the moment. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, then I didn't get the housing that I wanted, which, you know, it happens. But... Um, so I see these group of people just, you know, next to the door. And I'm like, oh, that's strange. They're just standing outside near the door. Maybe they're going to help me move in, right? <laughs> well, it was, it was Emmaus. The <laughs> they didn't help me move in, but... <laughs> but they did later on invite me to dinner or lunch and taught me how to use chopsticks which I had no idea how to use. And um, they helped me how to read a little bit of Hangul, which I also had no idea because I didn't expect to go to Korea. <laughs> and um, they gave me a family who cared about me and loved me without even knowing who I was. And that was so important to me. So then the, uh, the Emmaus retreat came. <laughs> and um, Eunice asked us what our expectations were before we went with going in the back of my mind. I was like, maybe she'll help me with my mom, you know, my issues with my mom. And I was like, no, you know, that can't be solved in one weekend. So that's just something I'm going to have to deal with for basically the rest of my life. And um, during one portion of the retreat, the staff washed the students' feet as um, Jesus had washed the disciples' feet. And during that time, they asked us to write a letter about, to ourselves about what God was trying to speak to us. And um, during the letter writing, I felt that God was telling me that he was there through everything and to not be disappointed. But to then during the feet washing, Eunice told me that God was also with me always and um, that he was carrying me through my parents' divorce. He was, he was crying alongside me during her death and that he's here with me now in Korea. And so in that moment, I cried for the first time since my mom's death, four years. And I cried that in about six minutes, all of that. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of crying. And, um, but God wasn't done with me yet. During the last altar call, I gathered my courage, forgot my fear, and went up to the final altar call, which I had never done before. It was terrifying. <laughs> I was like, all these people are staring at me and... But, um, so, sorry. Yeah. Um, Matt, Eunice, and Pastor Aaron all prayed for me and said that God loves and sees me. So, again, another affirmation of the same thing. And he's proud of me for keeping my faith. He's never abandoned me and that he has a plan for me. Then, as Eunice was praying over me, I felt God for the first time in my life. He instantaneously changed my heart and set me free from my mom's death in an instant. And I was like, no way. <laughs> and um, so then I started crying out of joy. <laughs> and, you know, 
Eunice couldn't tell her shoulder was all wet. <laughs> and um, so no words can describe how my life changed in that instant. And now I'm a person who lives for the present and for God instead of my past. But it doesn't end there either. Then I went to the, I went to the church-wide retreat. And I learned that it really meant to be a Christian. Um, but what made it memorable were the physical manifestations. And I had never seen those before. Never even heard of them. So it was terrifying. <laughs> and, um, but I wanted more. And I wanted to experience it. Stephen Beauchamp was always saying, you know, don't judge your walk by faith by your physical manifestations because that's not how it works. And um, I was like, cool, I understand. But I want it. <laughs> so um, then during also the last altar call, um, he, you know, imagined this lake of fire. And I did. And I got a vision. And I dipped my toe in it. And my hand started shaking. I got midway through, and my whole body started shaking. And then he came over and did the fire. <laughs> and so I fell. And um, when I got on the ground, I started shaking, and I was, it was mind-blowing. I didn't really know what was going on. But I just felt the uttermost peace. And I heard them praying in tongues and, you know, worshiping around me. And it, I can't describe so, but what I can take from this is that no matter what I am going through, God is there, is there, and always will be there. He's set a fire in me to crave his presence, to learn his word, and to spend time with those who don't. I'm appreciating, I'm, I'm practicing prophesying, and I can't wait until I can speak in tongues. But what I really want to do is to go home to my brother and to give him a double portion of what I've gotten here. I want to set my father as both a father figure of the house and as spiritual father so the hardest thing that I need to do is to forgive and bless everyone who has hurt me in my life so but knowing that and trusting that God is with me I know that I can do it I believe that God gave me these hardships so that by telling my story I can help other people come to him so just remember God is with you